We'll be looking at uh, Acts chapter 2, and what we're going to do is pick things up in the, um, the 32nd verse. Um, so let me give you just a little bit of an intro of what's going on, because what we're actually doing is picking that up in the middle of someone's sermon. The Apostle Peter um, was speaking, this is at Pentecost, and he starts uh, speaking, and we're kind of cutting off the first half of the summary of that sermon and jumping in at the conclusion and what happens from that. The book of Acts uh, opens... Uh, where the book of Luke ended, with Jesus uh, having been raised from the dead, talking with his disciples uh, and telling them that he's leaving. Um, and, and he, as he's there, he, he ascends up into heaven uh, before them. The angels are there and speak to the disciples. Uh, but he's told them to wait until uh, he sends the Holy Spirit. Wait till they're clothed with power from on high. Um, to wait in Jerusalem. And so they do. A few things happen in chapter 1. And then chapter 2 opens uh, with his uh, disciples there in Jer- Jerusalem waiting. And it's the Feast of, uh, feast of Pentecost. The Feast of uh, first, first Fruits. Uh, Fifty days uh, after uh, uh, the, the Passover. And they're gathered there uh, in Jerusalem. And it's like there's a sound of a, a hurricane or a tornado. There's a huge sound of a loud roaring wind all in the room that they're in. And then over top of their heads, there's these uh, like flames of fire that just kind of hover over their heads. Um, and, and the Spirit is, is there and among them and gives them, uh, they begin speaking in other languages. And speaking in all types of different languages from all around the globe. And there's tons of people in Jerusalem from surrounding uh, areas that, that are hearing them speak their native tongue. It's, it's kind of it's weird. <laughs> Uh, it's really strange. If thought the opening of the book was strange, it uh, continues to be strange uh, in chapter 2. These are foundational things uh, in Christianity. Um, and, the, and everyone, it says, is, a, is amazed and perplexed. And the question they said was, what does this mean? What's going on? Why is this happening? What, what, what is this? What does it mean? So at that point, uh, Peter, one of the apostles, uh, stands up and begins to answer that question. He begins to tell them about the Old Testament scriptures that said that God was going to send uh, his spirit to his people. He begins to tell them about who Jesus is that they've known, but that Jesus is raised from the dead, as the scriptures had said. Uh, And then we'll pick up uh, in verse uh, uh, 32 uh, of Acts chapter 2, when he says this. uh, Hear the word of God. Peter continues, This Jesus God raised up, and of that... We are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Psalm 119, Then all the house of Israel, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking uh, bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The grass withers and the flower fades, uh, but the word of the Lord, Scripture says, endures forever. And we pray how that would among us. That was the end of it. What does this mean? That's the question that starts uh, Peter's sermon. As all these people from different, uh, different areas are gathered and hearing the, uh, the gospel and the mighty works of God in their own language, they ask, what does this mean? That's a great question. It's a very understandable uh, question, given the circumstances of what they're, what they're in. And in fact, I'd say it's the right question. Even more, we'd say it's the, it's the best question. A question to be asked and that to see what's the significance of this. It's the best question for us to still uh, be asking as we come to this text. As we hear what scripture says God has done in the past and how it matters for us now uh, and for uh, humanity. What do these things uh, mean? A lot of people still in hearing uh, Christianity. That's the question that they, that they have. So there was... A man who was God, who died, who was raised, who was sent up into heaven somewhere and sits with God and rules. Like, all right, what does this mean? How, what's the significance of that? How do you believe this? And, and what is it, uh, why does it matter? Um, it's a question, though, that we ask uh, anytime, like here, that you're amazed or perplexed, you're, that you're amazed or confused. Uh, anytime that you're amazed and confused and not dismissive, that's essentially what you're asking. Already in some of your classes, you've... You've sat back there, maybe you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't when your professor started getting into like the more complex things of economics or calculus or whatever, and you'd be like, what does this mean? <laughs> or if you raise your hand, that tends to be, what does this mean, and is this going to be on the exam? <laughs> right? uh, what significance does this have, and how does it, uh, how does it go? Um, uh, sports analysts today have been discussing a major topic. I just saw it like scrolling, scrolling through the screen now that I was on today. Uh, Tom Brady who was suspended, if you remember, from the deflated balls uh, controversy, a judge nullified his suspension. And so that I can tell all day long, the sports commentators and the sports analysts have been saying, what does this mean? (laughs) What does it mean for Tom Brady? What does it mean for the Patriots? What does it mean for the NFL? Uh, For some of you, what does it mean for your fantasy football uh, team now? And who are you drafting and how it's going to go, right? Um, And then they interview someone else who asks the same question, a different perspective on it. Right? Anytime big things happen or things that that matter to us happen and, and we're wondering... 
What's the significance of this? What does it mean? How do we, how do we grapple with it? And this event here in Acts has the widest possible scope, uh, the widest possible uh, relevance. It's, it's worth grappling with the significance of it for yourself, uh, for FSU, for Tallahassee, uh, for America, for the world, for the future, as well as the, as well as the past. If, if you get like there's all these different languages around the world that are, that are being spoken, that's kind of the point of it. Uh, this is something happening that should be translated into all language because it's something that impacts every culture through all times, uh, including then our own. Uh, so what does this mean? I want you to hear as we go through this what the scripture says, but I also want you to be asking that question of what's the personal significance of it for you? How do you relate to it? What does it mean for you? How do you, how do you uh, deal with this, right? There's a lot of different things that maybe are really significant for you. How does this compare to those things? Um, maybe you've built a lot of uh, significance on just your past or your accomplishments. Uh, maybe it's been the friendships of people that have been around you, that know you, that value you, and the good times that you've had together. Uh, maybe you've built your significance more on your incredible good looks as you wake up in the morning. Uh, or working, working for those good looks to be just right. Maybe it's built on your, uh, your grades. It's built on your intelligence. Uh, it's just built on your uh, sense of accomplishment. Or maybe just your wit or your humor. Whatever different things. We try to find something and we build our, our significance around this. How do these things compare to, to how you build those? And it's other things that aren't just in your control, right? That, that matter to us, that are meaningful and significant uh, to us. For, for me, like, I really am kind of giddy that FSU football is, is on Saturday. It's like, it's outside of my control, but here it is. It, it means something to me. If some of you, like, haven't been to games yet, or even just you're new to Tallahassee, and you're like, what's it like to live in a college town on a game day? You will soon find out what that means. Hear the marching chiefs early, uh, people going, it's great. Um, uh, then the Knowles take the field. Um, it also really impacts you that you live in 21st century America, completely outside of your control. Uh, but, but what does it mean about the different ways that you think, the things that you uh, do that you take, as, take for granted, uh, all the wealth and opportunities uh, that are around us? Uh, Internet, even just high-speed Wi-Fi, wherever you go, social media. And it, and it matters for, for who you are and how you deal with things. In Peter's sermon, and in these verses, he answers that question, what does this mean? Three different sides of it that we'll look at. What does this mean about Jesus? Uh, what does this mean about humanity, about us? Uh, and what does this mean about the church? Uh, but how is this uh, significant uh, for you? So first then, about Jesus. That's the question. What, is this, what does this mean about Jesus and who he is? Uh, the verses that we opened with, he's already saying, this Jesus, he's talking about someone that they know, the, the Jesus of Nazareth, this Jesus who in Jerusalem they've heard a whole big tumult about, right? Uh, whole big uh, problems, and he was, it's, it's only like 50 or so days uh, since he was executed. And since there was rumors that something happened uh, since then. And he's, and he's speaking about that. The crowds are very familiar. What do you think about Jesus? That's the question this text is helping you ask. Um, what's his significance for you? You get up in the morning, 
you go to bed at night, for the conversations that you have with your friends, for how you view your accomplishments, or your incredible good looks, or your wit, or your intelligence, or what have you. How, how, what's, what's his significance in relation to these things? Um, listen, let me, let me say this is like the central and the primary uh, question. It's the question that should always uh, be that. Whether, whether you're like the most mature Christian that you've ever met, and I, right, issues there. Um, this is still the most important question for you. Uh, if you're a new believer, this is the most important uh, question for you. If you're a non-Christian looking at what are these things, this is the most in, uh, important question to be looking at. Um, and I love, I get all kinds of questions. People, I love to sit down with you and talk about uh, how does evolution and creation account? Like, what do we do with these things? Or what about the dinosaurs and bones and fossils and, and what all? Or get into theological things and you're starting to talk about Calvin and Arminius and uh, Augustine and Pelagius and all these different things. That, that's great. Those questions have their place, right? But, but never let them uh, distract from the main thing of who Jesus is. Uh, that scripture and this passage and this event that is recording is saying is central, not just for you and in your life, but for all of history. And so for you and in your life. And Peter gives a very simple and clear uh, answer for you uh, in verse uh, 36. He says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain. Know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Uh, here's what it says about Jesus. He's the Lord and Christ. Okay, I've heard that before. Yeah, Jesus, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. We kind of put all that uh, together here. Now, this is what it's saying, that he is absolutely in charge of everything, absolutely everywhere. Right? Like, like Paul was familiar with the Roman emperor. And like you weren't supposed to say that other people were Lord, the Roman emperor was kind of in, in charge of things, almost God's representative or almost a God in, in controlling these things. He's saying, here is the God man. He's in charge of the Roman emperor, of the Roman empire, of the whole of the universe. It puts it this way, that he's uh, seated at God's right hand. All right, it's a metaphorical, but here Jesus in his physical body has ascended. He is with God, and, and Scripture describes it as that he is uh, seated on the throne with God. So God, in ruling over everything now, Jesus, the God-man, is in charge of the universe. Um, kind of a big deal. We get worried over, like, who the president is or who the next president uh, might be. And some of you, like, hate Hillary Clinton, and some of you are excited about her. And then there's, like, uh, Donald Trump. What's he, who's he going to fire next? Where's this going to go? And we get all worried about the significance of those things. It's saying that he is absolute ruler of absolutely everything. That's what this um, event is saying about Jesus, that he's Lord and that he's Christ. And, like, Christ isn't just, like, Jesus' last name. You know, like there was Mary and Joseph Christ, and then they had Jesus. Um, it's, it's the Messiah, right? It means, it means the anointed. It means the one who's the representative of God's people. As it says in Luke, that he is the one who will save. He is the only hope to save his people from their sins. He's the only hope to reconcile our humanity to God despite our, our mistakes and our failures and our rebellion before God. He's the only one that we can hope uh, for to make all things right and new in the way that they should be. And so he is saying then uh, to these people, this is what this, uh, this event means, that, 
that this Jesus was raised from the dead. He says, we were there. We saw him beforehand. We saw him after he was dead and he was alive again. We saw him go up into heaven. And he told us, wait, and he would send the Holy Spirit uh, to us. And scripture says that. And here's what's going on. You're watching people talk in all kinds of different languages. You're seeing and hearing an event right now. And this is what it means. It means that Jesus is reigning. It means that Jesus is with his Father, fulfilling the promise of sending the blessing of the Father to his people. It means that he is who he said he was. It means that there's hope. It means that there's encouragement. There's something to look forward to. Uh, It means that he really is a Lord and Christ uh, for the sake of humanity to save us. And it's evidenced uh, by all of this in this historical event. It would have been easy to disprove when you're saying that there was 3,000 people there hearing this and believing it. Um, if this wasn't a real uh, historical event, there would have been plenty of people to say, no, that's not what happened. Um, this is how the church had its beginning. It says this, the, all these things happened because of who Jesus is. So often I'm more concerned about like, the beginning of the year in RUF and that I'm remember to bring my announcement sheets. Uh, we're not concerned about what small groups are happening or uh, where y'all are getting connected or if you're meeting people and how things are going. I'm concerned about uh, my family and uh, we had an open house at the kids' school tonight. And, um, and I'm concerned about um, like what new shows are on Netflix in September because I'm already exhausted too much. And that sometimes is way more significant to me in how I live than what this says. But when I step back and I remember this, something settles out a little bit differently. It changes the kind of father I am. It changes the kind of campus minister I am. It changes how much time I spend in Netflix. Um, Knowing that Jesus is ruling and reigning. He is Lord uh, in Christ. It says something about Jesus. Uh, It says something about humanity. Uh, the, the crowd immediately gets that this has a, a huge significance and impact for them. Right? He says, he's made, God has made uh, him Lord in Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And they're like, what shall we do? Right? What do we do? If this is true, it impacts us. Um, this is like modern day language. There would be expletives here, right? Like, what have we gotten ourselves into? The one who's ruling over everything is the one that we said was, was a rebel and a criminal and should be executed. And we rejoice over that. And now he's in charge of everything. Yikes. Um, that's, that's what's going on here. Um, um, so it would not be unlikely that some of those who are there just 50 days later still in Jerusalem were there when Jesus was crucified. Could have been in the crowd saying, I crucify him, I crucify him. Um, this Jesus whom you, you crucified. And as scripture presents that, it's never just like particular individuals. Like who are the ones that were there, you know, the Roman uh, guards that carried him up, or uh, Herod and Pilate. Even as it talks about uh, Herod and Pilate, scripture and, and Acts, and even this passage in chapter 4, uh, again said, puts it this way, it's both Jew and Gentile. Uh, It is humanity, however you want to divide it up, that is responsible for crucifying the Lord of glory. And if you're like, I wasn't there. That was was way before I was born. Not guilty of that. Guilty of that. All the times when we're opposing, uh, opposing God's son or going our own way or just concerned for our own things, we're joining in in that same act. 
That's what, it, that's what it's equates to. A rebellion against God where we want to push him to the side so we can have our own way. Um, and maybe y'all are better for me, but that's uh, half of how I go through a lot of my days is wanting to have my own way. Um, and that's part of being responsible for um, crucifying the Lord of glory. God drops it on uh, humanity's shoulders rightly for our rebellion against him since Adam and Eve. And now this one who is the Lord of all in Christ is the one who you are crucified. Um, I try to come up with like different illustrations, like how to, how to like get this across. But you, he's saying it in like the impact, the significance of it is that, that you ruined your only hope, your only chance uh, uh, for survival or for safety or comfort. Like you have actually ruined. Like maybe if you're like, uh, you're stuck in the wilderness or the jungle or Apalachicola National Forest. Um, and your only hope for getting out and finding some way out of the, you know, 100 miles of forest and, and mazes is your cell phone. <laughs> but there's no service. So you're walking around trying to find somewhere where there's service. Um, and again, your, your battery's going down. You're getting frustrated with all this. And finally, you just like sling your cell phone down. And it breaks. And, and the screen's off. Maybe it rings even, but you can't open it. You're like, your only hope for survival, and you ruined it, right? Uh, or uh, maybe picture like a, a movie. I don't have a particular movie, but I, I picture this as a movie scene. It's like, like walk with me, right? Um, like got to be near the end of the movie because there's a building that has a nuclear bomb that's about to be detonated. All right, maybe it's just a TV show because the plot's not that good, right? But, but here they are. They're in the, they're in the building. The, the bomb's going to be detonated. And there's only one guy who has the code uh, that can stop the detonation, right? Um, and it's the guy that you, like, just shot because he was coming at you. <laughs> like, they're, like, the one hope for everything, for, for the building and you and nuclear fallout and the thing, all was right there. But you, like, just killed him, and now there's no hope. That's where these people are. That's what they're hearing. That's what we're to hear when we're like, um, this Jesus is Lord in Christ whom you crucified. Oh, what, what do we do? And you get the answer. And this is a beautiful answer uh, that Peter gives. Uh, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't feel weird to us. Like if, you're, if you've grown up in the church and been around things, it's just like, right, you repent and you, and you believe. You repent and you're baptized. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what we always hear. Um, but, but, but here's what he's saying. Like these, these two things that should be opposite. It's like you have to own up that you're responsible for rejecting him. Um, that it wasn't just like accidentally that you shot the guy with the code. You were like, I'm not going to let that guy get through. Um, it's a repentance just means it's a turning, right? A turning away from our own way and trusting ourselves and turning uh, to God for mercy. Um, uh, so, so here it's saying uh, that what we're called to do is actually own up to the very things that we don't want to own up to. To own up to our guilt, to own up to being responsible for, for trying to get rid of the one who's in charge of absolutely everything. Um, kind of a big deal. You're like, I'd rather just deny that or like, hey, it wasn't me. Like, we're still good, right, Jesus? Uh, but he's saying what we have to do is own up to how responsible we are in it. We're like, but if you do that, what happens? If you own up for that stuff, like if your roommate owns up for like, yes, they're the one that took your stuff. Yes, they're the one that threw your phone down when they were mad and it's broken. You're like, I hate you. We're never going to be friends. I'm not going to talk to you, right? Um, but here what I'm saying is own up to that. 
and receive. Receive blessing. Uh, be, be baptized and be cleansed to wash that guilt and that shame away of having rejected him and instead be forgiven. And all those things that you want to cover, that you want to hide, that you want to pretend weren't there instead of denying it, owning up to it, and God says, I'll wipe it away. I, I cleanse it. I cleanse you and I cleanse us. I cleanse you in, in relationship with me. And I have something for you. Uh, and the Feast of Pentecost is the Feast of first fruits. It's the first fruits of the fullness of God's blessing that he is sending the Spirit. It earlier says this is, this is power. I'll receive the Holy Spirit, God himself, coming present to you. That's, how, that's what this passage says about humanity. About you, about your friends, about Florida State, about Tallahassee, about me, um, about all of humanity, all cultures and languages that we're we're guilty in rebellion against God. And that what he offers is come to him in repentance uh, and turning to him instead and receive a grace, receive favor, receive love and approval and his presence coming to us and restoring us, <coughs> receiving the Holy Spirit. You don't think that if you throw your roommates down the floor that you're, they're going like, to come and give you a big hug and tell you they love you. Um, but that's like a small image of the kind of thing that's, that's being said uh, here. Uh, he says, the promise is for you. You who rebelled against Jesus when he was here. You who rebelled against Jesus since then. The promise is for you, for your children, uh, for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Uh, some of us are those who are, who are far off, uh, whom he calls. There's those who are here uh, now and here at FSU and here in Tallahassee. There are those who are far off that God is calling uh, to himself, because his grace goes out uh, to rebels, uh, to sinners, and he turns them to himself. It says something about Jesus. Uh, it says something about humanity, about us. Uh, it says something about the church. And what you see here is the community that develops as he uh, added on this first day 3,000 souls. And he continues to talk about day by day them being added. And it builds this community of belonging of love, where people are like selling their own car so that you can have money for class, right? You're like, guys, I don't have any money. And someone's like, I've got a car. <laughs> We're good, right? We're all going to get in through. Like this is the type of community that it builds in the gospel. If God has poured out that love for us, then we begin to love one another's belonging. Uh, and it becomes, as you see through Acts, people from all types, not just in Jerusalem, not just Jews, not just uh, Samaria, but, but all types of different races and languages and people that God draws uh, to himself. But here on this day, you get to see it at the beginning. Uh, you know, a lot of people would speak of uh, Pentecost as like the birthday of the church, uh, right? And here you see, uh, you see the, the glory of it from the beginning. One of the most significant uh, events in my life has been the birth of my children. I have three children. Uh, and Karen and I would both still talk about uh, the first uh, time that she gave birth, that we were just, I mean, no way to describe it, just absolutely floored. Um, but there's this like whole real existing person uh, that came from our love for one another. It's kind of like her and kind of like me and kind of has her own attitude. And, and it's amazing. Um, we got to see then the glimpses of who she is that now we're watching her as she grows like develop into. Uh, and here in this passage, you get to see that defining character of who God's people are, what the church is, what this community is that he is drawing uh, people into. 
away from our struggle of uh, you know, self-righteousness, put one another down and go our own way, and toward real uh, community and love and sacrifice and giving to one another. Not every day is like the 3,000 people become part of it day. Uh, that's, the, that's the birthday thing, big sign of what's going on. Uh, but day by day, God continues to bring uh, his people uh, in to this community of the church. What does it mean? All these people speaking in languages, things of fire going on. As you're reading about this, but as it happened in history, what does it mean? What does it mean in its significance for you and how you go through the day? Um, <clears throat> as it speaks to the church, this, this presence of the Spirit of God in the community of his people means something. And when, when people are, like you know, scriptures say, like moved from darkness into light, when there's conversion, when there's real uh, turning and being washed and a new uh, life being led, not because something's so great in them that changed, but because God got a hold of someone and brings them in this community, just the presence of the Spirit of God in his people uh, means something. It means that Jesus is Lord and King. Reigning, giving himself to blessing those who rebelled against him, showing his love to them, letting them experience that grace to one another, that humanity who uh, ruined our only hope still be rescued, are being rescued. As he is moving all things uh, toward the day when he makes all things right. Love that image from Psalm 110 that he quotes. Uh, that he will, uh, uh, until he uh, reigning, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Right, this is what Jesus is doing, reigning, making his, piling up his enemies, conquering his enemies and our enemies until uh, he can like, kind of put, you know, like to recline, I always like stick my feet up on stuff. I don't understand people that have coffee tables and you're not allowed to put your feet on it. Here's Jesus, he's pulling in all, all of his enemies, conquering over. Other pastors said the last enemy is death itself. Oh, the pain of death. But then he conquers it and piles it up like a, like a place to rest his feet. Oh, because here, he's making it all right. That's what it means. That's what these things mean. That's what they mean for you. So what they mean for this campus, whether you like Jesus or whether you don't, whether you accept him or not, uh, here, here's what happened and here's what scripture says, why God did it and what it shows. Still going to be looking later like, what's, what's on Netflix? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I, who am I going to tailgate with before the game? Uh, it's fine that all these other things can matter and part of, what you're, uh, part of what matters to you. It's good for other things to matter to you. Um, but do you see the significance of this? Uh, can you let this passage bring that back to the forefront of your mind as you worry about who you're going to be friends with at the beginning of the year, as you worry about whether or not your roommate hates you and whether this class is going to go well, and if your parents are going to be frustrated, if they're going to make you come home for Labor Day, or if you can just do stuff with your friend, and all the different things that go, that go on that can be anxiety or excitement either way. I say, but there's something over all of that. But here's the Lord Jesus Christ giving the fullness of blessings the rebels who hated him, he turns back to himself and brings into a community of love to show his glory to the world. It's not only what it means uh, in Acts, it's what it continues uh, to mean in the community of God's people now. And so we ask God to show us uh, that significance. Right